Do you live in this neighborhood? Yes. Well, then your kid goes to this high school. Sorry. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. I was watching a Federalist Society YouTube video about the Harvard Affirmative Action case that's coming up in the Supreme Court, I believe, later this month. And if you haven't heard of them, the Federalist Society is an organization that tries to groom, for lack of a better word, um, lawyers to become federal judges that will be conservative federal judges. Like, you know, for the past, I don't know, at least since the 60s or something, America has a history of Republican presidents putting what they think are conservative judges on the Supreme Court, and then, you know, once you're on there, you're on there, you can't be taken off, and then they become, like, much more liberal once they're on there. And so conservatives got tired of that, and they created a thing called the Federalist Society to to really make sure you pick the right people. If you want a conservative judge, you know, whatever, that's their purpose. And when Trump was running for the nomination, right, before he was president, when he was trying to get the Republican nomination, he's like, if I am president, then I will choose my judges for the Supreme Court off of this list. And it just was... It was just a list created by the Federalist Society of what, who they thought were uh, reliable conservative judges. And it's not even clear how well that worked because uh, Kavanaugh, he was the one that the whole mainstream media was like, he's a rapist, and then they really hated him. And he's seeming, you know, not liberal liberal, but he's seeming like a little less conservative than they hoped. So even the Federalist Society cannot reliably come up with conservative judges. So this YouTube video, it had a female moderator, probably a lawyer. Then it had a a guy, he's a lawyer who's trying to he's trying to whatever go against affirmative action in K through 12. And also they had Ed Bloom, I think is his name, B L U M, and he's the guy who brought the Harvard affirmative action case to the Supreme Court. And then there's some other lawyer who's whatever just knows about the stuff and so i looked up the bloom guy and you know you know your day job what's your day job buddy well his day job apparently is bringing up anti-discrimination court cases and trying to take them all the way to the supreme court to change america's laws when i was reading his wikipedia page doesn't seem like he's super rich i mean i'm i'm sure he's richer than me and I guess he was a politician, I don't know, like the 80s or I don't know when. Anyway, in the past, at some point, he was a politician, and he lost. And he's like, oh, you guys, you know, I lost because you guys were discriminating against white people and making black people always win whatever the political seat was that he lost. And apparently he took that to the court, and he won. And so that kind of gave him a taste for taking... Discrimination against, I mean, you know, well, right now he's doing discriminate. He's he's fighting discrimination against Asians, but anyways, I think he started off with discrimination against whites. He's like, this is fun to take these cases to court and see what happens, and so he's been doing that for a few decades, and he has generally lost those cases. Um, but people think now that the court has more conservative judges on there, you know, this is the time he's going to win. He's been taking it in there and losing, and then whatever he keeps coming back and then now he's taking it back now and people think he's gonna win 
and there's this other lawyer on there who's doing the K through 12 version. I guess basically the Supreme Court has said that, you know, the way they put it, have put it, is that race can be one of many criteria that can be used in a holistic <laughs> evaluation of a student when deciding who to admit. And if that sounds like a lot of words and you know what and a bunch of horseshit, that's because it is. Like you have to you have to use a bunch of words. You can't just say you can pick students based on race because they. At one point, the Supreme Court said, "But you can't have a quota. You can use it as part of a holistic blah blah blah, but you can't have a quota." And they were talking about the history of Harvard admissions. Like you know, if you go back far enough in to the you know I don't know 100 years ago. 150 years ago, you know, I think most Americans, you know, they never heard of Harvard. They're like, yeah, I'm going to send my kid to Harvard, right? That just wasn't a thing. I mean, back then, you could become the CEO of a giant company with, you know, a high school education. But so, uh, I may get the dates wrong, but it sounds like sometime around 1920, they came up with, like, the SAT or something similar. And so, Harvard was using... A test to see who could get in. You just took a test. To get into Harvard, you just took a test. If you got a high enough score, you were in. I mean, I'm sure if your parents were rich enough and also went to Harvard, then you were also in. But in general, it was just a test. Just boom, just take this test. Find out if you're in or not. And then Harvard was having too many Jews. Too many Jews were getting in. And they're like, a Harvard man is a certain kind of man, and he ain't a fucking Jew. And so that was when they created criteria to get into college that wasn't just a test they, you know they started creating a holistic look at you know the prospective students so you can see when you just when there's too many of a certain kind of person getting into college then you start creating some verbal gobbledygook possibly using the word holistic and then that lets you choose the people that you wanted all along but so the last time the supreme court looked into us into this. I think it was called Fisher. It was University of Texas. And I think it was like 2002 or something. And like I say, the court said you can't use racial quotas, but you can use race as one part of a holistic bunch of hogwash. And I think the thing was written by, the majority opinion was written by Sandra Day O'Connor. If you remember her, she was like the first female Supreme Court justice. She was real famous. You know, she was a conservative. She was appointed by, I don't know what, Reagan probably. So she's supposed to be a conservative, but then she wasn't quite as conservative as people wanted. And so she said, you can keep using race, but in 25 years, we're not going to need this. Which is kind of a weird way to rule in a case. It's like, uh, you can keep going against the law for 25 more years. Basically, that's what she said. She said, you know, we need to help black people. So you can you can do illegal stuff for 25 more years and then you have to stop. And whenever yeah, whenever she said that, I think we're about 5 years away from that 25 year deadline. And so the Supreme Court, I mean I don't think they'll do this, but they could say, well, you know, some judge said you got to wait 25 years before you stop discriminating on the basis of race in college admissions, so you can do it for another 5 years, but I don't think they'll do that, but that, that's an option. They could say that. It would be following precedent. And so the idea where the idea was like, 
America's racist or America has a history of racism or something, but we're heading towards a less racist future. And so, you know, we're, we're almost there, I guess. was the, We're almost there. We're almost not racist. It's only going to take another 25 years. But the people on the video mentioned that, you know, instead of, instead of like, okay. So one of the guys, like, he's been arguing these kind of cases and doing debates and panels and lawyer stuff for, I don't know, for, 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 for the last 25 years. And he was just saying that people on the liberal side, when that, when that um, ruling came down, they're like, yeah, 25 years. Sounds right to me. And then 10 years after that, they're like, you know what, I don't, I don't know if 25 years is enough. And then, you know, maybe it's ever since Donald Trump got elected or whatever, but as, a, as you get closer and closer today, they're like, hell no, 25 years. What are you talking about? America's more racist than it's ever been. I mean, you know, it's the culture war. You heard of it. I mean, especially especially since uh, George Floyd. And so this Bloom guy, he has a Harvard case going before the Supreme Court, but he has another one against the University of North Carolina. And they kind of get, I think they got rolled into one, and they're both going to the Supreme Court all at once. And the Harvard case is about discriminating against Asians to let in, I guess, whites and black and Hispanic. Latino. Got to say that more now. But the North Carolina case is about discriminating against whites and Asians to let in black and Latino. I don't know if you get some sort of slicing the salami, you know, splitting the baby in half, something or other difference there. But then the other guy on this show, um, so he's fighting racial discrimination in K through 12 admissions, which usually there is no admissions process, right? Do you live in this neighborhood? Will you go to this school? Sorry. But there's a school, Thomas Jefferson High School in Virginia. It's considered the best high school in the nation. You know, if you go to that school, you're going to get into an Ivy League uh, college. And that school is now 70% Asian, even though Asians are nowhere near 70% of the, I guess, kids who live in, I think it's Fairfax County. And so it's bringing up the question, like basically the Supreme Court has had a number of cases about can you use race in college admissions, but they've never really had a case for where can you use it for high school. I mean, who knows? I'm sure we'll have special STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, math, middle schools or whatever that only let you in if you can get a test score or something. So anyways, the question is can you racially balance your high schools and other parts of K-12 through and the Supreme Court has never weighed on that, weighed in on that. And I think this guy, he has a, they have a bunch of lawsuits going. They're not at the Supreme Court yet. But it's not just Thomas Jefferson in Virginia. There's a lot of, whatever, test-in schools like in New York and elsewhere where since George Floyd died, they've been trying to change the criteria. It used to be any kid that can get a high enough test score and has good grades can get in, but they're trying to change that stuff. And what the schools are doing is they're they're copying a thing that the University of Texas did back, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, where the University of Texas said anyone who's in the top 10% of their high school automatically gets into the University of Texas system. So I'll just make up an extreme example to illustrate the point, but you could imagine there's some high school that's full of Asians, and whatever, they're getting into the University of Texas no problem just because 
I guess, you know, whatever. They're so well prepared for college and get such high test scores. And then you could imagine some poor performing black school in Texas where the very, you know, the very best person in that entire universe or entire high school doesn't have the test scores and is not prepared for college. But what you do is say, well, give me the top 10%. So, you know, the Asians were already getting in top 10%, who cares? And then now you got the top 10% of the poorly performing black school can send its students to the University of Texas. And so this lawyer who's working his way up with the K through 12 discrimination stuff, he, he, he had a word, a word that I hadn't really heard, not illegal, legally anyways, which was facially, which means, you know, like on its face. So taking the top 10% from each high school is facially race neutral, right? There's nothing about race in there. It's just taking the top 10% from each high school. And then the result is, you know, exactly what you want. And you're like, we want more black people. And taking and just, and it just so, just so happens, pure coincidence, um, taking the top 10% from each high school gets us more black people. And so the selective high schools across America have been, they, whatever, they noticed that, like, oh, that's a race-neutral way of getting the racial makeup that we want. And so I think Thomas Jefferson in Virginia, they came up with, like, we want the top 2.3% of students in each middle school. And so it's like, well, why do you want to do that? They're like, oh, no reason, no reason at all. And then, oh, it just so happens that gets us the, you know, the black, Latino, white, lots more white people, uh, Asian makeup that we want. And there's a number of ways of doing it. Like, I think some school system is saying, we don't want poor students. You know, if you just take in poor students, you get like the, the kids of immigrants, Asians. You get a bunch of Asians, and if you just take in poor students, so that's not gonna, that's not a good criteria. So then what you do is you take in kids from a poor school. Basically, you take the richest kids from the poorest school or something, and that somehow that gets you a lot of black people. And so this guy's trying to take his stuff up to the Supreme Court and ask them, uh, you know, if something is on its face racially neutral but is obviously done to done for racial reason, reasons, is that constitutional or legal? And this college case may or may not, you know, determine what the high schools can do. We don't know. And then they also talked about how the 14th Amendment says that everyone should be treated equally under the law. Basically, everyone should be equal. And the way you look at laws is you can look at what the law says, and you can also try and like figure out what did the people who passed the law back in the day mean. And so the 14th Amendment, I think it's, I don't know, 1868 or something like that, uh, they meant that black people should be equal, treated equally to whites. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't written, so <laughs> they weren't like, 200 years in the future when whites are being discriminated against, we want to put a stop to that too, right? That, just, that wasn't in their mind at the time. And Katanji Brown Jackson, the new female black Supreme Court justice, like she said the other day in a different case, she's like, that's not what they're, you know, you don't, going by the text, don't, don't worry what it says. We know what they meant. They meant black people were good. And so we're going to, we'll just have to wait and see what the Supreme Court does because basically you can justify any, you know, I guess once again, boy, every freaking thing, you can justify any, you know, you're like, I want to go, I want a yes vote. You can make up some horse shit so that you get a yes. 
I wanted to do a no vote. Well, you can make up some horse shit to justify your no. It's just, you know, you, you look at what you want the end to be, and then you get there however you have to. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.